Oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of bits, this was a great opportunity for us to see Nicolas Cage's bits. Agreed. Did How? we see Balsack? We did nope. not. Uh, I totally there. thought we saw his ass pumping in Joe. But no, it was just another random ass going to town. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that scene. Yeah, today we're we're discussing Joe and Zabadoo. Zabadoo-ba-doom-da. Using dating apps as viral marketing is shockingly working well. I'm glad. I mean, we definitely got some upticks. So. I put it on. I put it as like a fun fact about me, and ninety percent of the people who like contact me are just like, "Wait, are you actually doing this?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, cage match colon a roundabout way of meeting Nicholas Cage," and a few have been like, "I'm listening to it now," and I'm like, "And you're still talking to me? That's a good sign." And then they <laughs> ghost. <laughs> yeah, within an hour you lose them. Welcome back to Cage Match colon a roundabout way of meeting Nicholas Cage. I am your host Sean with I'm Nick. And our producer, Peter. Hello. And this is our podcast where we are watching 64 of Nicolas Cage's best films and uh, weeding them down uh, bracket and, and style worst. and worst. 64 movies that definitely say Nicolas Cage on the poster. Yes. Yeah. In the use him as name cloud yeah. sometimes. So but not in these two movies. No, he's actually starring in these two movies. Which is actually also like why I'm here. Just name clout. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, oh, Nick. Fucking great. I'm listening. Yeah, no last name, just Nick. Cool. So, since it's March Madness, this is a podcast that uses March Madness bracketology. Uh, So, we've got uh, two movies, a a three seed going up against a 14 seed today. Okay, so we're doing Zondali and Joe. I have a question for you, Nick. Oh, okay. Do you suffer from erectile dysfunction? Uh, No. (laughs) We're now a sponsored podcast (laughs) for Cialis. Well, because, I mean... Zondali is essentially like Viagra or Cialis of the movie. Ric Flair is the official erectile dysfunction spokesperson for Mike Tyson's weed brand. What? What? Yeah. So Mike Tyson's got Forget a the weed movies brand. we're talking about this from now on. <laughs> and Ric Flair is the ED spokesperson for it. Woo! I mean, is that is that the thing the person takes the ED medication and then just Ric Flair like goes woo. You mean and they, they smoke the they pot. They smoke the pot, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're not degenerates. You okay, can leave stop, that pause in. <laughs> stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. I want to watch this now. This then, seems like, like something that's in your dreams. Seeing them hanging out and stuff. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Oh, man. Back in college, I had a, a professional wrestling themed birthday party one time. Incredible. It was so good. I had the best Ric Flair costume. It was just like full body blue suit with like a huge feather boa. And I was just rolling around body chopping people screaming Woo! the whole night. Hey, Nick, do you suffer from erectile dysfunction? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Constantly. You got to keep all this in, Peter. Woo! <laughs> Joe from 2013 stars Nick Cage as Joe. Ty Sheridan as Gary. He's Cyclops. He's Cyclops. And Nicolas Cage was a ghostwriter. Yeah. That was one of my one fun facts for this film. It's an MCU connection. <laughs> yeah. Even though neither uh, were MCU movies. No. And Gary Poulter plays Wade, Gary's father. All right. So this is Joe. A coming of age story about Gary, a 15 year old who finds friendship in the unlikeliest of places. 
Passing through town, Gary meets Joe, who gives him a job on his work crew. Joe teaches Gary about the value of hard work, women, and friendship. When Gary's sister lands herself in a pickle, he turns to his only friend for help. Lands herself in a pickle is a horrible way of phrasing <laughs> what happens to his sister. We don't know that anything happened. She Ugh. was just in a jam. <laughs> I, I mean, mm, nope, not going to touch that one with a 10-foot clown pole. Concise? Fully wrapped up the movie. Yeah. It's a banger. Yeah, okay. I mean, you did, you did accomplish the goal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've, been, I've been practicing. I've been summarizing all sorts of shit. My sex life rocks. <laughs> uh, that's the summary of your sex life? Yeah, good summary. <laughs> it's a coming of age story, bro. All right, so Joe. Uh-huh. Played uh, by Nicolas Cage. Played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. It was a, it was a really interesting movie. It was very well performed. Uh, learning more about the script how it came about the the adaptation of the novel a um, little bit more about the author who a lot of the characterization of like Gary and things like that were all kind of based on nice. uh, and it was really interesting uh, so 2013 this is Pete Cage taking whatever he can get to make a buck and uh shockingly good for this era of his work I mean he puts on a great performance and one of his better uh portraying drunk uh that we've seen in a long time, because that swings wildly. Yeah, no, he had a very consistent performance in this movie, and I think it was really good. Like his characterization was pretty grounded. The script really helped. It, yeah, I mean, it was a really well written adaptation of this novel. And well, and Nick Cage himself said that you know this character is one of the closest he's ever played to himself, so he wasn't even really acting. Mm. Well, it's interesting because my note was that this felt like the most authentic acting performance that we've seen from him so that actually really does make yeah. some sense no. yeah, like that it felt very whole yeah no no real wild antics i mean just in terms of acting like no extreme tonal modulations yeah he, like he plays a consistent character so the character joe is an ex-con who runs a work crew this is in uh outskirts of texas uh and he works for the timber company. He goes in and what he does is uh, just killing trees. So they've got these weird like Ghostbuster backpacks, which pump poison into a hatchet. And they just like hit the tree a couple times. The tree will die. And then the timber company will come in and cut it out and whatnot. I don't know why it has to be done in that order. So you pay a company to remove trees and they just fucking do it. I did love I grew those up in a hatchets. Very lo- yeah, those hatchets ruled but i grew up in a very logging centric area of oregon so gary comes into town he's got a real shit heel old man dad who beats him and it seems like they just kind of drift from town to town and he runs into joe's crew out there working and he's like hey man i need a job can you help me out so nick cage gets him in there he's Like, get somebody showing him, like, uh, here's how you deliver water to the other guys. Here's how you use the Ghostbuster axe. Here's how you do. Great little montage. Yeah, it's good. I mean, and it's fun. It's actually fun watching it because uh, this kid playing Gary, he kills it. Like, yeah, Ty Sheridan did a great job. Yeah, he's really fun to watch. And he's just, I don't know, he just 
he comes across as like a 15 year old kid super well. Like he's just a little goofy. He's very sincere. Like the only other things I know him from, we talked about uh, Cyclops in yeah. the later X-Men yeah, the, films. The second the, half of the X-Men movies. The, the bad ones. I mean, I don't like really any of them, but the extra bad ones. And he was uh, in Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. He was which, in Ready Player. also bad. Yeah. So it was really nice to, you know, be like, oh, I see why you get work. From there, you know, he gets his dad on the crew, but his dad is obviously a very, very late stage alcoholic. Uh, he's not good for anything. Ends up getting both of them kind of taken off the crew list. Through just a, a late night in the rain boombox kind of scene. Say anything. Kind yeah. Of scene, yeah. Uh, Ty Sheridan comes back and manages to secure himself another chance at the job and so nick cage takes pity on him brings him back like on the sly though yeah yeah he's like you gotta meet me here at this convenience store before the sun rises and that's pretty shady but uh and then we'll get you there that it just happens to be where the whole crew meets up anyways but besides the dad's issues the other main kind of antagonist of this film is uh willie reynolds or something yeah. like that I went through a windshield. I don't give a fuck. His one continues uh, his catchphrase. Yeah, I mean, it's it's awesome. Like he says it so many times introduced to in the film, ha having seen Joe like coming out of a convenience store. It's like, you know who that is? Yeah. And then the friend's house uh, just from a truck. Hey, Joe. And then shoots him in the shoulder. I thought I had missed a scene. Same. Like, no. No, I love that there's just this something. existing beef. Yeah. And it's such a like small slight. And they briefly yeah, touch on it later that, you know, they got into it one night and he slapped him. Yes, he no, slapped right? him. Yeah. Nick Cage slapped him. It embarrassed him. And so now he goes and he like takes a pot shot at him from like, I don't know, 50 yards away. I mean, it was a bad one, but I just love that <laughs> later he's like, yelling at nick cage and he's just like i could have i could have killed you and he like shot him in the shoulder he's like i could have killed you i was shooting at the trees but that was a warning shot it's like you were shooting at the trees and you hit him in the fucking shoulder i don't think if you wanted to you could have killed him <laughs> i think it was literally impossible and i mean their beef. little beef is just so dumb yeah that beef continues slowly throughout the film it simmers it does. But that guy also gets beef with uh, Gary. Yeah. yeah. So because after because he shoots uh, Joe, he goes to chuck the gun in the river. Yeah. And, and Gary this, sees him and wants a ride into town. Yeah. This is also where uh, we get the the backstory about the the slap and we get the greatest line from him, which was just, hey, come here. Look at my face. See that? I went through a windshield at four o'clock one morning and I don't give a fuck. Folks looking for trouble often find more than they're after. And I will kill his fucking ass if he ever slaps me again. And like, that's the only time, like, that's the first time they tell you why he shot Nicolas Cage. It's like, oh, he, he, he slapped you and you're going to shoot him. Okay. Yeah. And then he's he, such a badass. Yeah. And Gary's just like, okay. Fine. And then he starts asking uh, Gary about his sister. Yeah. And that's when Gary goes off and beats the shit out of this guy. 
which then goes on to this guy looking for Gary the rest of the movie. Joe's a real mad about town. He's kind of helps out a lot of people. Uh, Joe is a frequent, uh, the local uh, sex worker establishment. Um, it's a whorehouse. It's a whorehouse. Uh, there's a dog there. Uh, he doesn't like because it bit him on the ass once. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Speaking of dogs, though, uh, the first time he goes there, he's trying to have a liaison with the the, the madam. madam. Yeah. yeah, and it gets busted up for whatever reason. It's not important. But then one of the other sex workers like crawls into the room on hand, like, oh, all fours. Well, yeah. I mean, that was just fun. It was fun and games, and they were having fun and games with each other. You could who, see it. In, who was she doing it for? For the the madam. She was still sitting at the table having a drink and like the, the hooker walks back in. It's totally OK to call them this in this situation. Uh, crawls back in. I know, but she looked at me, crawls back in like a dog. And the madam's just like, knock it off. And then they both laugh to each other. I feel satisfied now. As you should from trip one to the whorehouse. But yeah, he just goes about town until he gets shot and then goes home and his girlfriend shows up. Uh, Someone like she has troubles with at her home uh, with her mom's boyfriend coming back and doesn't want to go home. Yeah. So they have a just convenient relationship. Yeah, she's also, definitely significantly younger. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just talk about just how just shredded Nick Cage is in this film? Uh, he's pretty bulked up. Yeah. Like for, you know, this, early 20, what, 2013, you said? How old is he's, he now? Uh, he's 59 now. So if he's 59 no, now. And 59. He's oh, 10 yeah, years 10 years ago, ago. This is the easiest math. <laughs> 49. 49. Woo! We got there. <laughs> this is great content. Um, But yeah, no, like. <laughs> Nick a, and Sean learn how to math. He's a, he's a big boy. Yeah, no, he's he's got a, you know, he, he's stout. He's a yeah. working man. He does like a hard labor job. Little Junior Brown, he was huge for, uh, gets big for Con Air. And this? Which was like the same time. Which was the same time. And this, he actually, uh, I'm assuming he was turning down work to do this film. And I think part of that must have been working out. Because he turned down Expendables 3 to, hmm. like, prepare for this film. Nick Cage isn't a gimmick actor. And that's a gimmick movie. It's I true. Think. I'm glad he did this instead. Yeah. I was actually a little apprehensive uh, about this movie because I was like, man, I don't know. Like, it looks like it's not that good. Very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Yeah, and it had it had really good performances across the yeah, board, and, and it, it was beautifully filmed too. Oh yeah, uh, and not just by the uh, like primary the A camera team, but the B team got really good like establishing shots and the way they framed people. Like when uh, G Dog Gary's dad followed uh, the homeless guy back to where he was drinking his wine. I mean, just the shots of the two of them sitting there were really good. And then he beat the guy's fucking head in with a piece of steel but, yeah. and stole his Boone's farm. That was a, a brutal, violent scene. Yeah, it was. Stole some cash and... But then so also I the juxtaposition talk... of, like, the kissing the guy on the head yeah. and, like... Yeah, well, he wasn't shame. doing it to be violent. He just was doing it because he's, he's a crippling just... alcoholic. Yeah. So I want to talk about this actor real quick. So... Uh, David Gordon Green, is that the name of the director? Yes. Um, always hires locals for his films. 
Wade, uh, Gary Poulter, this is his one acting credit. He was a homeless dude in the city where they filmed. And he just they, like hired him for this job. He actually died like two months after rap of yeah, this film. Yeah, he drowned. The homeless guy that he killed is actually the father of one of the actors who was on the work crew. Oh, wow. Uh, so, that's cool. I mean, tie there. great performance. I mean, you can't really understand the thing the man says, but for just being a guy they like met and used good job yeah i mean he's got that thick like alcoholic kind of slur and i don't know i i feel like his lines came across fine i'm old though and i watch things with closed captioning i do too yeah so i got all the words yeah i didn't watch it with closed captioning. i learned how to pop and lock (laughs) that was a charming scene it was i mean you see the uh that character had his moments where it's like, oh, okay, I can see why Gary didn't just run away. I mean, yeah. like, obviously he was protecting his sister Dorothy as well, but I could see why he didn't abandon his family because, in, you know, classic abuse ways, there's just enough good sprinkled on top of it that you're like, oh, he could be helped or yeah. like he's just having problems. Like, oh, it's a bad day. I mean, it really hit home for me just because I have a friend uh, from the before times who pretty large substance abuser and has been going through a rough spat for several years, largely because he doesn't want to work. But I'm like, oh, that's that's going to be that guy. Is that the fedora wear? That's the the fastest skanker in uh, fastest skanker in Virginia, in Virginia. Last I heard uh, he was doing exorcisms. He. uh, I got a voicemail from him one night where he uh, claimed to be a re-elect John Constantine. Oh, that's so, pretty neat. His life is going well. Are we just going to go through Joe? Like, where do we leave off? Uh, whores. <laughs> Gary is the one thing Joe really does care about. Early on, uh, Joe drops Gary off from work and his dad, like, mugs Gary in the in the front yard. And Joe's about to step out and do something, but stops and gets questioned about it later from his girlfriend and you know i think this is where we first hear him say you know him not getting involved in other people's lives is the one thing that keeps him out of jail yeah Uh, he's definitely got like a big anger problem and restraint problem like he doesn't stop and he knows that about himself which is good uh and we see it a couple times like he definitely gets harassed by the cops yep they're definitely shitty cops in this oh yeah i will say earl the sheriff good Good cop. cop yeah yep but like clearly Earl and Joe used to run together. So before Earl got on the straight and narrow, like he was, you know, Joe says he was worse than him. Yeah. Earl keeps Joe out of trouble. Um, why does he get arrested? Uh, well, he got arrested because he was driving home. They flashed their lights to pull him over, probably because they know he drinks and he's confrontational. He spent time in state. 29 months in the pen for assaulting a police officer. In the movie, the first time we see him get arrested, they flash their lights to pull him over. And he's like, fuck that. And so he like just keeps driving. They like try to pull him over. He like swerves to get the cop off his ass. And then there's another cop up ahead. So they've got him pinned and he stops and gets out of his car and gets all confrontational. Tells him to put down their gun so they could fight it out. Yeah. He's like, let's just talk about this like men. And he's like putting up fisticuffs and stuff. And OK, wait, now I remember the scene. So he 
bar fight happens where he almost stabs dude in the face. Uh-huh. Goes to the whorehouse, dog's there, drives home, gets dog, comes back to the whorehouse, has his pit bull, kill that dog so he can fuck. Yeah. Well, well, he, just a blowjob. Yeah, just a blow he job. just needed a blowjob because he was real on edge after yeah. almost stabbing Willie. Yeah. Right. And then I, I, the love that, I love that scene as he's walking up with the hooker. He's like, he goes in there and then it cuts to upstairs and you just see a man ass just go into town. And I'm like, wow, like Nick Cage really committed. Then it pans over and that's just another dude fucking with an open door. And he just pans over to Nick Cage walking up the stairs. Yeah. When he goes to the whorehouse and talks to the hooker, he wants to get with the madam, but she's not there. So he's like, oh, OK, I guess you'll do. And he's like interviewing her to make sure that she's good enough to slob on his knob. And <laughs> it just goes like, got any pets? I mean, I had a cat. Cat? Beautiful. What's his name? Missy? What'd you feed it? I don't know. Fucking dry food. What's your favorite color? Red. Blow me. It's like, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Okay, I know enough about you. You can suck on my Diesler. It's fine. And then he has like the the loudest orgasm too. Oh man, yeah. And then he's just <laughs> it just woo! rips right out of him. And then he's done. And he's just like standing up, like practically knocking her over as he does. And yeah. then he's like, I gotta go. <laughs> and so then he leaves. That's when he gets pulled over by the cops. He lets his dog out, just run free. Yeah, which I was thinking about. I'm like, you know, he probably let the dog out. Because he knew the dog would actually attack a cop if yeah. it came by the truck. So it's like, oh, that makes sense. They just, never talk about it, but the dog jumps out and it runs. Yeah. And then this is where we meet Earl. Let's Joe out. And then Joe and Gary go to find the dog, mm-hmm. which leads to one of my favorite lines from this film. Oh, one of my favorite scenes, too. Oh, my God. The montage is just yeah. so good. But uh, but my dog's about 100 pounds, brown and white, looks like a cow. Looks like a cow? Right. You have a dog that looks like a cow? Well, it's not that big a deal. A lot of dogs look like cows. Yeah. <laughs> They're also a little bit drunk at yes. this point. Yeah. He's letting Gary drive. He lets Gary uh, have a roadie. Yeah, Gary tries to buy a beer off of him, and he's like, you can have a beer, but you can't buy a beer. Friends don't buy things from me. I don't know. I, my favorite line came out of this as well, this little drunk montage. Is it the cool face? I'm going to give you three. They're so good. I have to give you three. First, when they're driving down the street and uh, Gary's driving, Nick Cage is, you know, lighting a cigarette, just gets done giving Gary a beer. And he's just flicking his Zippo. He's like, you hear that? That's the sound that gets hookers excited. They know they know you got cash. They hear that? And that was a wild-eyed look around from the hooker. <laughs> So that that one gets me because it, I get to say hooker and I get to make visual jokes that that yeah. no one will say. Yeah, Josie understood. But <laughs> I like that. My second favorite quote from the same montage is, is our cool face quote. You want to know how to make a cool face? All right. Anatomy of a cool face. Make a face of pain. Now smile. No smile on top of the pain. Hold the pain. Smile through it. You ain't drunk, are you? Shit, I better drive. You know what, Gary? You got it made, because think of all the beautiful girls you're gonna fuck. I used to know this girl lived around here. Shit, where's my dog? 
I raised that dog from a pup. It's like, he's so drunk. He's just kind of like rambling. But this cool face thing, because I mean, find us on Twitter. You'll see these cool faces. We're going to make some. Oh, we're going to go Reddit, too. We'll do both. Why not? Instagram. All the socials. Okay, find us online. You'll see our stupid ass faces. Leave a comment while you're there. So at the end of this montage, Joe's talking to Gary and he's just like, you got to work on that cool face. You got to stand like your own land, right? Now make the pain face. You got a lot on your mind. Now smile. Yeah, it's like, I got a lot on my mind, but I can do it. I can get through it. Yeah, you're getting it. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just the dumb. I mean, they're the coolest faces. Yeah. I think this is the third film in a row where, like, this really is just completely sold by the two leads just vibing off each other so well. They have such good chemistry. Like, the scenes where the two of them are together are just honestly a lot of fun to watch. Even when the subject material is more mature or it's not a walk in the park. Yeah. So the next real major thing to happen is, uh, Willie's Wonderland. What's uh, Scarface's name? Willie. Yeah. So Willie like finds Gary's dad on the street. He's like, Hey man, I want to rap at you. And so it cuts to Gary, like just fucking beat up and pissed and showing up at Joe's. And he's like, let me borrow your truck. I got to borrow your truck. And Joe's like, ah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's talk about this. Like you're real worked up. And it comes around to like Gary's dad took Gary's sister and was like going off for some clandestine meeting with Scarface. Yeah. Now, uh, when they get out there, Scarface and his buddy, Willie and his buddy are just like, they meet with Gary's dad. Gary's dad's like 30 bucks each. No explanation. And like, you know, Willie's getting into the back of the truck with a terrifying Easter bunny mask. Yeah. And I mean, it's obviously going to become a sex thing. And this is around when Gary and Joe show up and Joe like tosses open the truck, throws Willie out, gets the sister out, tells Gary to like get the sister out of there and get him to safety and get Earl for help. And. Then he proceeds to confront uh, Willie and his buddy and uh, eventually resolve everything. Yeah, he's going to blow Willie's brains out. And Willie's excuse. I'm glad you finished that sentence. (laughs) Willie's going to blow Willie. Willie's excuse is, well, she was going to wind up, you know, working at the whorehouse anyway, before Gary can, you know, take care of Willie, uh, Willie's buddy. Shoots Gary, Joe in the butt. Gary shoots him in the butt. <laughs> shoots him in the butt. Blowing in butt stuff. So, uh, yeah. Monster. Joe takes a shot in the side, takes one in the leg, manages to take out both of the low-life rapey scums, goes to finish oh, off. Oh, but the key on that one is that he shoots Willie in the middle of him doing his line about oh, going yeah. through a windshield. Yeah. Before, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is like the fourth time he's gotten into this line. <laughs> I went through line, a windshield but he before him. I don't give a... Bang. Yeah. <laughs> Goes to confront uh, Gary's, Gary's dad. dad. I don't think they say anything. Gary's dad just like climbs up on the bridge and. Yeah. Joe tries to shoot him, but him. he's in a bad place. Like he's not doing well. So he misses. He's out of bullets. And the dad was definitely just like the the consequences of what he was there to do just to feed his alcoholism. 
Yeah. Uh, I think we're really weighing on him. And he just said, fuck, just kind of lets himself go over the side, kills himself off the side of this bridge. Cops show up with Gary, Earl and Dorothy. Mm hmm. Which I don't know why those two were brought back to the scene. Yeah, it makes no uh, sense. Obviously for narrative reasons, but also shitty cops. Gary could say goodbye to his father figure, yeah. you know, looks over the bridge to see his, you know, actual father and like literally dead in a ditch. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Which is good. And then we have a really nice kind of, again, narrative scene of Gary talking to the leader of a work crew. The guy gives him the same kind of spiel about when he's going to get paid that uh, Joe gave him in the beginning. And the guy gives Gary a job because he knew Joe and Joe's a good guy. And they are planting new trees on the land that they cleared. But it's a good ending. It, no, it was a good ending and really nice. it wrapped it up nicely. Yeah. And it, it adds like a it, it bookends it. I thought I, it was a really good one. I had no expectation going into this one. This was another one of those. It's a Nick Cage movie from this era. I know it had I'd heard good things, but I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. It was a Dark Horse three. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I did not expect anything out of it, despite where we had it ranked. Good movie, good cage. Good movie, good cage. Bad cop, good kid. Mostly uh, bad cops, one good cop. Yeah. Oh, good man, kid. we didn't talk about like when Harry Cage. Nick Cage like got out of the car with that second cop oh, like when he was solo. And he just like walks right up to him and like fucking slaps the gun right out yeah. of the kid's hand. And it's like, yeah, slaps his hat and then just like slams his head into the car or whatever and it's just like jesus christ nick <laughs> and then he just gets off with a warning from Earl. He's like well that rookie was a little too ambitious i get it <laughs> it's like jesus no i thought everything about this film was great we talked about the way it was shot just all the acting in it everyone was amazing i think it held up all the way through it's a pretty tight two hours yeah, yeah. hey nick i got a question for you Okay. Do you suffer from erectile dysfunction? <laughs> Woo! Because because Judge Reinhold does in Zandali. Yeah. Zandaya starring Nick Cage as Johnny Collins. Judge Reinhold as Terry Martin. And Erica Anderson is Zandali Martin. You're forgetting two other important yeah. people. Marissa Tomei as Rainey. Yeah. And Steve Buscemi as... The OPP man. Yeah. Which I is mean, like... A, that was my next note. A penitentiary work, work release kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, he's like a garbage man. And Joey Pants. Joey Joe Pants! Joe Pantaleone yeah. as uh, Jerry. That was yeah. literally the first thing I wanted to talk about once we did the summary was who else is in this movie for little to no reason. Everybody. Oh, so, I think we covered it right Thanks, there. guys. I mean, it's the same time. We were introducing the characters. Yeah. That's the time to introduce characters. But these aren't actual characters. That was just going to be a fun. These people are also in this movie for no real reason. Like, they could have literally been played by anyone. It wouldn't have mattered. Not true. All right. Before we get ahead of ourselves. Zondali. A coming-of-age story about Zondali, a young woman looking for love in all the wrong places. When things grow stale with her beau, Teary... Zondali finds comfort in the arms of artist and childhood friend of Tiri, Johnny. Things heat up when Tiri tries to win her back on a bayou boat trip, only to be surprised by Johnny's arrival. Who will Zondali choose? I'm, I'm liking these summaries. Yeah. So yes, Tiri um, works for a uh, cable company that his father started. He has what? a terrible Louisiana accent. Oh my God, it's the worst. So bad. This is officially the worst accent we've had in a Nicolas Cage movie. And it's true. We've seen Nicolas Cage do a Boston accent. We've seen him do a Boston accent. 
And there was the time we heard him do a Boston accent. <laughs> so I'm excited when we get to see him in Captain Corelli's mandolin. And doing a Boston accent. A Boston accent. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let me, set the, let me set the scene for how this movie opens. Boobs. Yeah, boy. You see a little bit of a Bourbon Street, and then the titular <laughs> Zondelis tits are out. Uh, but it's not just their boobs. Those were just like the appetizer because you get bush right after it's yeah. true this movie has full frontal female nudity I, in my notes i wrote like this is just softcore porn uh so i went hard in the paint for this movie during our like bracket making because it is one of the only like incredibly horny nick cage movies and this is, might be the sexiest cage that mustache and goatee combo oh that's it's called okay. a van dyke sir uh-huh. yeah the van dyke is a good look on him but like is he sexy? Right. I mean, he's got like thinning hair mullet, sort of. Oh, yeah. But it's sexy for 91. I'm not going to okay. lie. The costumer gave him excellent glasses for his head. Yeah. Yes. Because he not only did he have like multiple pairs of glasses that he wore, they had a real optician kind of look at him and be like, hey, this is the size of glasses. And right. here's some really, really cool artsy styles for you to wear. Hey, Peter, do me a favor. Say hard in the paint again. Hard in the paint. Speaking of which, that's a, that's a segue. Only fun fact I <laughs> that found. That's not a segue. It, it wasn't. You asked <laughs> me to do it. Shut up. You uh, asked him to do it, and then you just said, speaking of which, that's a segue. No, Hard in the paint. One of the sexier scenes where Nick Cage is painting Zondali, paints her like belly button area. Thanks. But either way, the actress uh, was saying how, you know, she hated that scene because Nick Cage went a little, little overboard with his acting on that one. And she oh, felt God, actually his, violated. His hand acting. Uh, mm. Yeah, he. She said that he was a little intense in some of these like sex scenes. This this is probably a prime example of a movie that could have used uh, what do they call them intimacy coordinators? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much, and yeah, I mean, Nick Cage goes past the navel and practically down to the bush with this paint. And I mean, I assume she's wearing a Merkin or something, but still. Yeah, I mean, it was a good one if it was. <laughs> I'll have to go down to my local Merkin shop and compare. A mercantile? Oh, my God. That's all, folks. This has been Cage Match. Good night. I, Sean's officially off the podcast. That is the best thing that you're going to say, though. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I, there's no question about it. So, Nick, you called this. I mean... You knew, uh, or maybe it was you, Peter. Someone last uh, last episode like was excited for all the medium sex we were going to see. Oh, that's me. Yeah, I'm and we definitely excited. saw a bunch of medium sex. Yeah, medium is the best way to describe it. Which, this movie initially had like an NC-17 rating. That I they, think it still is. It never got, or it's just unrated now. They took it from NC-17 to unrated. They, uh, they did edit it down to an R version. Is that what they have up on Tubi? The yeah. only place you can see this yeah, movie? I think that was the R version. Mm. Well, now I want to see what its uncut version is. Yeah, can we find uncut Zandali? Tell us. More likely comments. to find uncut Nicolas Cage. <laughs> so he plays an artist who yeah, shows up in his uh, like childhood best friend's life, offers to paint him. Okay, so the introduction to him, though, they're at like a club. Oh, yeah, yeah. they're Shriners. And they're all wearing fezes and they've, shit. They've got their Shriner fezes on, but then it's like, it's a backlit thing. Yeah, backlit doorway that he enters. That just emits a, fog. Yeah. Whipping his hair around. Yeah, no, they were shooting a music video. <laughs> fucking yeah. awesome. He's a fucking wild boy, but yeah. everybody knows him too, because like, 
they see just the silhouette and him headbanging, and they're like, Johnny! Johnny! Thierry's just like, oh, it's my old friend that I haven't seen forever. And I like that his name is John Paul Gregory the Third. Oh, sorry, know. John Paul Gregory Collins the yeah. Third. <laughs> He's got a real fucking big ass name. He's a big boy. Well, his dad also like John Paul Gregory the Collins the Second. Yeah, uh, was I also- think they just say Junior at that point. They would. Yeah, the Thirds are usually called trays. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. Hmm. And chips are often uh, Juniors. Chip, it's off, the chip off the old block. Oh. Mm-hmm. So these are just like street names for them. Need to know how to refer to all of my lacrosse friends in the streets. <laughs> yes. But not in the sheets. Yeah. No words, just emotions. Okay, I was going to give this movie credit because it has a, pr- like, one of the prominent characters is a queer character in a movie from 1991, and it's done well. Like, that could be played for goofs or, you know... He's just a character. Yeah, it wasn't... Or, like, he gets assaulted or something to make a story. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not... uh, Not that Birdcage is a bad movie or anything, but it's not But it's not, like, overly flamboyant for, you know, comic effect. The hairstylist in The Rock was a prime example of a bad caricature, right? Oh, yeah. I appreciated the fact that there's, you know, 91, queer character, not just there to be like, oh, look at the gay. And a young Joey Pants. Yeah, and Joey Pants looks pretty good in a dress. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Joey Pants. Yeah. So, yeah, Johnny shows up. It's reintroduced to uh, Tiri's uh, grandma, who he lives with. Mm-hmm. Tata. And, and uh, Zondali. Uh, no one pronounces her name the same as everyone. Zondali. Zondali. Zan. Yeah. Zondali. Well, Zan only comes out when Judge Reinhold forgets how to do an accent. <laughs> so, like, hey, Zan. Their connection was uh, he used to be literature professor. At a college, at Judge Reinhold's character, Thierry, he was a poet. That's why she fell in love with him. But since his dad died, he stopped writing poetry and stopped getting boners. Yep. Did you see the name of his book? No. Nefarious Truths. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, it was. <laughs> Such a sexy film. <laughs> you know, they're married. She's like, let's, let's, let's try and have sex. And he just gets mad about it. Well, <laughs> again, this movie is Viagra the movie. When they go to have like sex and they're like, oh, you know, warm it up, warm it up. And then she immediately flips over and she's like, put it in my ass. And he's just like, I can't operate under this kind of pressure. And she's like, I thought we were going to be adventurous. I thought we needed this. And he's like, I'm going to go put on my fez and cry with my Shriner friends and leaves. I'm trying to remember uh, how the uh, the affair starts. The affair begins, pretty much begins from that first dinner or time that uh Johnny comes over to the place uh, and kind of like, I don't know, he gets all sexy and confrontational with Zondali. And now nothing happens in that moment, but it just builds on like he pays attention to her and that's not something she's been getting. Yeah. Like. And it, it kind of gets kicked off when he reveals the painting of Tiri and she's sort of like, eh. Yeah. And for whatever reason, that like makes him really want to confront her. And And then then they fuck in the laundry room. Oh, man. No, that's that's later. Eh, Uh, No, he assault. He essentially assaults her on the street and like throws her up against a wall and she takes her panties off. Well, she's a big jogger. Oh, man. Yeah, she's she's always jogging in the mornings. And apparently she jogs past some place that Johnny hangs out because he like pops out spins her into this alleyway and like they talk a little bit and get to fucking kissing and 
he's like, I like it when you don't wear anything underneath. And so she just oh, you get this weird, uncomfortable shot of like her fucking kids and like <laughs> foldy down socks as like a pair of panties just drops down into a mud puddle and she kicks him off. And it's like, oh, God, she wants it so bad. He's an artist. Yeah. A tortured artist. Uh, there's pain in him. That's the hottest kind. He's got a lot on oh, his mind. See, you got to harness <laughs> that pain and then smile over it. Yeah. So they got like, a lot on my mind. They have, you know, they have their initial get through it. Tryst. And then she like, this was a mistake. You know, I'm married. An old friend of Terry's has Johnny come over for dinner one night and Johnny brings Marissa Tomei, his girlfriend. This I think guy, girlfriend's kind of a scratch. Well, brings over another woman and then Zondali gets all pissy. It's like, you know, don't bring your girlfriends in here. You're the one who had the affair, then said you didn't want to have an affair, and now you're getting pissy that, you know, the guy you're not trying to have an affair with, who is an artist and a womanizer, hence why you had the affair, is, you know, doing this. So this was one of Tomei's first roles, though. Yeah. Uh, and then she did My Cousin Vinny immediately after this. Mm. And won a fucking Oscar. Damn. And that's when they fuck on the uh, washing machine. Yes, While during Terry's their dinner party. in the other room with his grandmother. Oh my god, and like... When he hears, like, he can hear the washing machine start up yeah. as, like, Johnny's over there, like, I'm just, just cleaning up. This is what, and, like, so, yeah. <laughs> this is what I sent you, uh, Peter. I sent you the just photo I took of the screen of just Terry, just like, kind of like side eyeing as the washing machine's going off. And I asked, Do you suffer from erectile dysfunction? And I, as soon as I hit play, the eyes just looked at the camera and I'm like, Ah, perfect diamond. As soon as, you know, Terry starts to kind of, Suss out that something's going on with the Zondali and uh, Johnny. Yeah, Tiri gets very confrontational about the topic of infidelity. Yeah. And understandably so. He can tell something's up. She's getting it around town. Boning down. So he he gets confrontational with a lot of people regarding it. Except Uh, the people he should. Until the gun comes out. Now, my personal opinion is he had more than strong suspicions that it was johnny from the get yeah the way he talks to him at the bar when he's like i don't know as far as i know it's it you. could be you it's yeah. like uh no. you're just trying to be so nonchalant you're trying to and, get someone else to admit it yeah and i can see that as like a pretty good response to learning this yeah uh, my, my opinion is like he just knew from the get go. He, he's too soft. He's a fucking poet professor yeah. who so. doesn't write poetry anymore. Yeah. Or get boners. Yeah. Got to have boners to write poems. Mm hmm. Where else do you put the pencil? <laughs> In the urethra. <laughs> <laughs> so Zondali eventually kind of admits that she's had an affair. Doesn't say with who, but uh, her and Terry decide they're going to make it work. So they go out for a sexy vacation on the bayou. And guess who shows up? Johnny. Yeah, it was, was in my summary. I was going to say, this is in your summary. <laughs> um, and then we have, uh, then we get to the real meat of this movie where. I they, thought Zondali got to the real meat of this movie <laughs> in the first act. Hey. Terry and Johnny just want to fuck. Because they like, what, uh, Terry like asks Zondali to dance and Johnny's like, oh, I'll dance with you. And they like have this little dance on the dock. Yeah, they have like a very. It's not aggressive and it's not like super well danced tango. No, but but just fuck already. Yeah. I couldn't tell if there was sexual tension or like 
if Judge Reinhold was just getting ready to pitch him off the edge the whole time. Yeah, I, I, I took know. it more as that versus the sexual element. But now that I'm thinking on it, like, I think you might be onto something. Maybe, yeah. I mean, there might just, I don't know. Jerry could like, have been kind of closeted. Yeah. Like, that mustache. I think they definitely mm. go there. I will but, definitely say, yeah. though, um, the portrayal of Johnny was exactly what I thought being an artist would be when I was a teenager. And I decided to be an artist. Like, fucking Van Dyke and sex. That's all I thought I would be getting. None of that's true. You got the Van Dyke, though, didn't you? The Van Dyke. I did have the Van Dyke. Yeah. Yeah, I will say this week has probably been the sexiest cage between both films, like in terms of just raw manitude of Joe and just kind of, you know, trying to sell Nick Cage as a sex symbol in uh, Zandalay. Yeah, in Zandalay, he definitely like drips this animalistic nature. I wouldn't say that I I wanted to buy him as a, a sex figure, a sex icon. I mean, kind of thinking about it, it's like, yeah, I mean, they, they painted it up pretty good. It's, it's, you, know, it, you know, it's 91 sexy. Right. That's what I was yeah. going to say. This is before cum gutters were invented. No, I mean, I think he was a sexy character, but I think there was a lot of the aggression in his behavior. Yeah. Fuck, he that, had a real Chris Cornell look. Yeah. Oh, out, that's dude. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I think that aggressiveness reads really poorly right now. Yes, and, definitely. you know, I'm yes. sure in the moment when they were making this, they were like, that shows his passion and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But now it's like, well, pretty, except for the scene where rapey. he like actually rapes her. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, well, that part's not so sexy. It is not. I mean, and also maybe we just lived in a more sexual expression enlightened time, which is like the three of them could have just sat down and talked about this. Yeah. In the grand scope of things, I'm like, this isn't the worst in thing that's ever happened to anybody yeah it's not like nick cage went in and slapped him at a bar yeah <laughs> that's obviously a shooting offense well speaking of shooting offenses after the uh after the sexual tango that's when uh reinhold uh busts out the gun oh no they're on a bayou boat they're first, on a bayou yeah. boat yeah we're not watching, a we're, single boat chase we're on we're, we're in gator all of a sudden nobody though. else following them no but they go fast they go fast <laughs> uh and he pulls out a gun and just starts shooting wildly to like assert dominance. Oh, but he's got some good ones. He does like a good like under the arm yeah. and like flip behind him shot. Like he's showing off all of his tricks because he's he's a very much beta male yeah. who now has a handgun and he doesn't know what to do with it. <laughs> but he knows that the sound of the gun is intimidating and shooting the gun is intimidating. So he leans into that to heighten this tension on the boat. And then Nick Cage, like, does a little juke and tosses him off the side. Yeah. Old gunboat Collins. Straight into the hyacinth. And then yeah. Zandali goes to, like, try and rescue him because he don't swim so good. Johnny's like, you know, I'll do it, gets him. Actually holds him up and then Reinhold, like, gives him a little love bite on the neck. I don't know if I would call that a love no, bite. I'm being, I mean, he I'm being gives facetious. him a, he he gets like, a good you know, jump out of He him. tries to, like, take out his jugular. And then, yeah, just gives up and just lets himself drown. Yeah, and then immediately the next like a scene, fucking beta. <laughs> immediately the next scene is just his tombstone. Yeah, yeah. Zandali's there, and then uh, we've seen <laughs> twice at this point uh, Ushemi as Trashman. Trashman, who at this point basically has pretty much just like grabbed his genitals and shaken them at her. Yeah, he's, he's just yeah. like he's just like he's just trolling the graveyard for widows. It's great. Yeah, the first time they see Ushemi, he's like rolling on the back of a garbage truck and he hits on he's her. like yeah baby i'm the best at what i do and the next time we see him he's and running down do the street good. with the stolen with the stolen television and tries to sell it to her as the cops are chasing him yeah it's a steal 
<laughs> and now he's hitting on her uh, at her husband's grave. But this is also like the most subdued conversation because he only comes up and he he starts with like just a, a standard line of, hey, got any money? It's like, oh, I know you. You know me. And she's like, I'm I killed my husband. <laughs> and he's like, fuck, is this his grave? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, shit. She's like, you want any chicken in a biscuits? He's like, I'm a vegetarian. (laughs) Like this movie does have some great lines. Yeah. None of them involve Judd Reinhold. Uh, The end of the movie makes absolutely no sense. Oh, you got to make accounts payable, Johnny. They've teased that Johnny owes owes people money throughout the film. And he's he's like dealing drugs and doing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy. Yeah. He's doing more drugs than he's dealing. He's like he's trying to like get Zondali to run away with him. uh, And she's trying to, you know, tell him to fuck off. And dude just rolls up in a car. It's like, you got to make accounts payable, Johnny. And then just, yeah, goes to shoot him. Zondali like takes the bullets. Yeah. She sees the opening and she's like mine. Yeah. Fucking kill. (laughs) It's like suicide by drug dealer. Yeah. And then Johnny's just there holding her lifeless body. And then he walks around the town a little bit and then credits. Yeah. Okay. Like with her in his arms. So uh, before we like get too far, I do want to mention like how fucking wacky the music was in this. Yeah. The movie starts out with like New Orleans. They're like early morning on like, yeah, yeah. but it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like, what the fuck is this? And And it's all pray for rain is the band. I haven't looked them up. But I wrote down their name because I now have beef with Pray for Rain. Yeah. <laughs> the music for this is so antithetical to the content of the movie, the theme. Yeah, it's like Nick Cage is about to rape a girl. Not good. <laughs> the best Johnny line in this entire film is, I want to shake you naked and eat you alive. <laughs> yeah. I think it's not the best line. My favorite line from him is, yes, it is, darling. When that big red snatch is coming up right in your face like a freight train, it is pretty hard to paint. I tell you what. (laughs) That was a good one. I was a big fan of, you want it, and I want to give it. The perfect relationship. What do you guys have for like fun facts? Anything? Not real. I mean, I told this movie I, is a black hole yeah, of information fucking for sure. Nobody reviewed it. Nobody watched it. It was a direct to VHS release in the United States. Yeah. Like, wait, did it get a theatrical release release elsewhere? Yeah. France. Where? Oh, fucking France. It would be France. God damn it. Did you guys watch uh, American Dad? Yes. yes. Is this going to be about the, the, the Fast of the Fast Furious? Furious? I was just thinking episode. about talking about this, and I'm like, that, that doesn't need to go in here. Oh, it definitely the does. Joke, the joke being that um, the writer of all the Fast and the Furious movies, these are just like homoerotic love stories. They're like two-hour gay sex movies. Yeah, it's like the, mo- the movies are like three hours, and most of that is just gay sex, and it gets cut down to an action car film, but in France they get... The whole penetration, whole uncut, <laughs> but it's got shit like Dominic Toretto, like barrel rolling a car over uh, Paul Walker's car. And like, what they do, they both lean out the window and like fucking French kiss, <laughs> like in slow motion. The end of the episode is Stan's mom, like in France after her husband dies and goes to see the Fast and the Furious, like seven. And she just leans over to this French guy's like, have I missed any butt play? And he's like, Tons. 
Yeah, that that tracks. France would be the place that this movie got a theatrical release. <laughs> While us fucking prudes in America have to deal VHS. with fucking VHS. <laughs> good cage, good movie, bad cage, bad movie, good, bad, bad, good. This is a tough one. I'm gonna go neutral cage, bad movie. I think it's still good cage, bad movie, because he brings so much like just fire to that role. He's 100% invested in everything. And I don't think he misses. I don't think he's That's fair. I don't think his lines ever fell short. Like my notes rip apart Judge Reinhold, Eric Anderson. Yeah. Is Eric Anderson still alive? I, I don't know if she's alive. She has done nothing with yeah. her career. Well, she deeply regretted doing this movie. Yeah. I so. don't blame her. <laughs> Everybody else in this movie kind of sucked. Yeah. Joey Pants was good. Yeah, Joey, Joey Pants, Pants was good. okay. Buscemi, uh, not great. He kind of felt like a reading. Steve Buscemi definitely felt like he was just reading his lines. Yeah. I took a photo of like a young Buscemi like lighting a cigarette. Young Steve Buscemi, good looking dude. He's not terrible looking. I mean, he looks like the kind of person who hangs out with us, but that doesn't really <laughs> put him above anybody else. I don't yeah. know. I said this to Meredith, and Meredith's like, that eh, kind of looks like you. I'm like, yeah, maybe that's what it is. I, I think that's the thing is I, I looked at that and I was like, that kind of looks like me if I have different facial hair. So <laughs> That's not true. You only look like Donald Kaufman. <laughs> exactly. Right. Not Charlie. Donald. <laughs> Donald. <laughs> I lived bitches. I went through a windshield at four in the morning. <laughs> in I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> um, all right. Uh, I'm going to go with Joe this week. Oh, yeah. yeah Joe was such a good movie. Uh, I'm fine. glad we got to watch Zondaly. Uh, yeah. I was very concerned about its status online. I can see why it gets the reviews. I was those. highly amused the entire time yeah. I watched it. I don't is, think it is was... Is it good? No. no, it's melodrama. But it was it's, entertaining. It's made by a person who didn't end up doing anything. And it's It, it feels like an art film that Willy failed. Free Willy 3, motherfucker. Mm, yeah, I haven't right. seen a single Free Willy. House, is that what it's called? Three Willy? Uh, it's not, but it should That's be. That's a shame. Um, yeah, I think Joe is clearly the better film in this. Yeah, Joe was a great yeah, movie. I love uh, it. In the context of these two movies, Joe was great. Uh, what are we uh, watching next time? So uh, next week, we've got uh, some new guests with us, and we are watching Mandy and Prisoners of the Ghostland. Ooh, who are our guests? Our guests are Alex and Sammy of... Star Joe. Trek, the original siblings. That's right. And we are excited to have them. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah, they seem like cool people. Unlike us. Thank you for listening. Please, you know, rate, review... If you want to chat with us, we're on, yeah, on Reddit, we are Cage Match Pod. On Patreon, if you want to support us, we are just Cage Match. And a special thanks to our Sparkle Buddies, Josh, Sean, Josie, Rico, Matt, and Adam. And extra special thanks to our Cage Dancers, Ira and John. I don't have anything else. We need something sexy to go out on. No. You would know if it was my butt. Oh. Because it's a raucous party. Because mm. I'm a party dude. <laughs> yeah, my, my butt's just like scat man. <laughs> oh, God. That would be a hell of a party trick. Uh, that would be so good. I'm just picturing it now, silently. Now I'm just imagining you shitting your pants up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I haven't sharded once.
on any party Friday. Man. Yeah, I got massive control. <laughs> I love how I pronounce one thing correctly in the other part. Of it. Yeah, like split a word, say it wrong and right at say the same hal- time. Jalapeno. Jalapeno. Got guava though. Yeah, guava jalapeno. Guava jalapeno. Mm. Oh, that's bad. Oh, yeah, this that... literally just tastes like I drank a cigarette, but... <laughs> that... Oh, that... but it gets nicer at the end. Oh, this gets worse at the end. Nicer than a cigarette, but not to say it's right, better in right. general, but... Huh. This is not very good. No. 